Welcome to the Christine Means Business Podcast. My name is Christine Hansen and I'm a business consultant helping entrepreneurs to scale their business without working more through wonderful team management, leadership and strategy. Together with fellow experts or my own, this podcast is designed to share the most actionable tips, pieces of wisdom and anecdotes that will help you to avoid any mistakes that will cost you time or money to grow your business. It is my absolute joy to share that knowledge with you to help you for your ultimate success. You will get a new episode every two weeks and there's loads of free materials on my website christinemeansbusiness.com. So go ahead and check that out and I'm looking forward to hear your feedback and please don't forget to give us a couple of stars if you enjoy what you've been hearing on your podcasting platforms. And without further ado, let's start the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this new episode of Christine Means Business. And today I'm here to introduce you to a really interesting lady, Amber Hawley. And we are going to talk about a topic that might not be that obvious, but that I think I've never really discussed well on my podcast. So let me read you what Amber is about. And I have so many questions, so, so many questions. So Amber Hawley is a licensed marriage and family therapist. Now already there, you might be saying, what? You hear me out. Who works with high-performing entrepreneurial couples and individuals helping them have more fulfilling relationships without sacrificing their businesses. So how interesting is that? Something that is not obvious, I do have to say. She is the owner of a group therapy practice in Silicon Valley, wife, mom of three kids, um, owner of a group therapy practice in Silicon Valley, and uh, an, an avid, I was reading avoid, no, an avid coffee drinker, host of the Couples Fix and My Biz Bestie podcast. Amber originally worked in the tech industry, but her love for people hmm, led her to pursue a career where meaningful relationships are at the center of everything she does. Now, I love this because we're going to talk about managing the emotional side of business. But first, so Silicon Valley in the tech industry, everyone immediately imagines, you know, the little Google umbrella kind of baseball hat, you know. So if we follow the stereotypical line, <laughs> it's everyone probably thinks Silicon Valley, loads of money, worked really hard to get there. What happened? How did this change into a really interesting niche? go like entrepreneurial couples how did that all happen how did that calling come through and i have a second question to that was it easy to make the transition <laughs> oh that's a good one um yes. so <laughs> thank you for having me on um so how did it all happen i i think I was one of those people who just really loved doing things and trying new things and just kind of putting myself out there. And so in a way it was just like happenstance in some ways, but, mm -hmm. uh, I moved to California when I was 21 and, um, you know, didn't know what I was going to do kind of did different things, but I ended up getting hired on at like some tech companies and then continued to grow. I was hired on in marketing and then went into internet operations. And so I'm, you know, doing the, te the tech thing before the big dot-com burst. 
And, um, and then I found myself, I jokingly say it was kind of an existential crisis, you know, that quarter life crisis that people It happens have. all the time. I think it I does. have a five year <laughs> life crisis pretty much. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, and I read a really good book as one usually does. And then, you know, I was like, I need to quit my job. So, <laughs> but actually, you know, what ended up happening is I just felt like, even though it was the dot-com world, so it's a little bit different, it's a little bit you know, it was a little bit more wild west than corporate. It was, <laughs> yeah. it was a different vibe, but at the same time, there were a lot of similar similarities with, you know, the corporate structure. And I just felt, you know, kind of frustrated by, you know, who was continually put in charge and they didn't really know what they were doing. And they collected like giant paychecks bigger than mine. And here we were doing all the work. And I started to kind of get resentful and feel I like- I get that. Yes. I would now, I didn't have the language then, but now I would be talking a lot about the patriarchy. Yes. <laughs> Isn't that hilarious? I'm just watching, I started, okay, little sidetrack, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, Grey's Anatomy and you yeah. had McDreamy's dying and I didn't forgive them till- just a couple of weeks ago. I I refused to continue watching Grey's Anatomy because I was like, no. So I've just started watching the last couple of you know seasons now. And it's so funny how the language is changing. So now you have like patriarchy, you have all these really more political conscious things coming to the surface. And I was like, we have come such a long way from season 11 where you know the thing happened to you know a season I don't know where am I season 14 which must have been like three four years ago I was just like this is so interesting but it's beautiful that we can finally put a word on it right so exactly exactly and you know so like yeah I got to this place of just feeling I was feeling like what's the point of my job? Like if, so, if the world mm -hmm. ended tomorrow, would I feel like I was making a difference? Yes. And interestingly enough, like throughout my life, <clears throat> there was always this theme of either wanting to become a psychologist or a lawyer. And, you know, again, just trying to find my way, like so many 20 somethings do. And, you know, I had success there, but I was just feeling kind of disillusioned and kind of, I just, I say it kind of made me hate people in a way, <laughs> but then I was like, it's not that it's not, I just don't like the structure of that kind of structure because I actually love people. And so I started therapy myself and then went back to school and then pursued a degree and became a licensed therapist. And interestingly then, you know, becoming a therapist and being able to connect with people one-on-one, -on -one, which was like, this is what I'm here to do. Like, I love connecting with people yeah. and being in Silicon Valley, there were so many people that I was seeing that were, you know, business owners, or they worked in a startup or they were a startup CEO, or they were C-suite execs, or I saw a lot of professionals like doctors and lawyers and, you know, started noticing these themes and these struggles that, you know, these people were having that are kind of unique to entrepreneurship. And I had started my own business as well. So throughout this process, and I, you know, grew to a group practice. So I have other therapists that work under me and see other clients. And, you know, as I continued to do this, then I was like, well, I want to do something else. You know, that multi-passionate entrepreneur thing. I get it. <laughs> and I, I was like, oh, I want, I want a different structure. Like I want more freedom. I want, I don't want everything to be that butt and chair because that's the downfall for therapists is, you know, we don't get paid unless we're sitting in a chair seeing somebody. Yes. And that's really tough to sustain, you know, the ebbs and flows of, 
of business or cancellations or whatever. And even if you're a fantastic therapist, it's just, you're, it really is, it, it can predispose you to burnout easily if you're not very easily. Yeah. Yeah. So I started an online business. Um, I've actually have a couple, but I was like, oh, you know, what's so interesting is what I started loving to talk about is the marketing and the business part and all of that stuff. And I thought, this is so funny. I left that world because I was like, oh, people suck and, you know, damn the patriarchy or whatever. And yet now I get to come back and I was like, oh, I'm going to blend the two, like helping entrepreneurs with the emotional side of business, because honestly, it's huge. It I mean, that's is. a huge part of what we do, right? The yeah. mindset, overwhelm, burnout, and ADHD, because that is one of my specialties. And so being able to help people with that side, it was just kind of a, it just was a natural progression. So it seems seamless, super easy to do. Um, and I think the hardest part is just balancing it all, right? Like figuring out, you know, how do you focus and grow something to make it profitable and sustainable? Because that's kind of the important part for me and kind of something that I talk to my clients about is we need to stop suffering for success. We need to find sustainability oh. in how we grow our businesses. Word. Oh, so many things <laughs> resonating. So many. I mean, I started to sleep like a boss, which was very similar, you know, having, I always did it online. I always had packages where I didn't have to do the hourly kind of quota thing, but it was similar in terms of that I worked with people, but I actually really enjoyed creating the business, you know, and then now my team is working with people and I focus on people growing businesses, as you say, where you don't suffer, like where you really work less, but earn more because you're smart <laughs> in your system. So I totally, totally relate to that. And then at the same time, the emotional side, I think you go through such a personal development. I mean, to me, I don't want to say it cost me my marriage, but it was definitely one of the reasons why my marriage ended because I, it was the first time in my life that I had to, you know, get into personal development, a term that I hadn't even known before becoming an entrepreneur mindset. I mean, English is not my first language, so it might also be for that because I studied English literature and, you know, Shakespeare and George Eliot, they didn't talk about mindset, you know, Charles Dickens, <laughs> they, not so much, you know, so it just, it really was a term I hadn't come across. And then I changed so much that, that it just, I, I was a different person, just didn't match anymore. So really, really interesting because I do really think that that is a process that entrepreneurs go through. So let's talk a little bit about this. If there are some listeners out there and I work with people of different scales, you know, I have beginners who have just a blob of an idea of what they want to do and they need structures. Then I have people who've been doing this for a little bit longer and some pros. But I think one thing that we are always underestimating is how much it is going to affect us. Yeah. So, and so maybe we can divide this into two categories, maybe into those who are just embarking, you know, who are embarking on this journey, who are having the blob, as I call it, you know, they just have this idea, but they are ready. You know, they know they don't want to do their job anymore. What are some things they should be aware of and mindful of? Maybe specifically if they are in a relationship, had I known different things, maybe it had turned differently, but maybe not. I can't say I regret it, but, you know, just, you know, and then the second part being for those who are already in it, what can you do to stay emotionally happy, to not become overwhelmed with it all? And to, you know, what can you do in order to just 
hashtag live your best life and it's I hate the cliche but it really is oh you know it's like there's some you... reasons that some things persevere because they are just innately good and true right it's like <laughs> even if it sounds cheesy my best life, but it's like it, I really it it's you know overused so much by 20 something so I'm like you haven't really left for 10 years you know <laughs> but anyway <laughs> still it's our goal so maybe you can help us out with that I would love to to hear your opinion on that yeah absolutely and you know I just want to touch on the whole piece of the relationship um, because it is a big part of it right it's it's hard to feel you know, it's like when you start a business, it can often feel like having a child and you feel like you've got to nurture it and take care of it. And it can't stand on its own two feet. And, you know, <laughs> so you give it your all. And honestly, even modern day culture isn't really supportive of like us taking breaks or, you know, especially if you do have children and young children, it's like, oh, you have to have time for the family, time for your kids, time for your partner, time for your business, time for your fam, you know, extended family, all friends, all of this. There's all these expectations that we're supposed to do it all. And at the end of it, it's like, well, what about me time? Like what we need, we need alone time. We need our own time to do exactly what we want. And I think then we get into this place where it's hard to give to those people who need us, but in a way that also isn't depleting us or just, you know, making us burn the candle at both ends. Um, it's, it, it happens all the time, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's where, again, my specialties in my therapy practice are couples counseling and ADHD. Um, because frankly, a lot of people, when there's at least one or both partners having ADHD, you're, you're going to see them in couples counseling at some point, usually (laughs) if they are trying to work on it at all. Um, so I just want to honor that. I think you're right. Like whether or not that would have changed things, I I do think it's worth people taking a look at that and investing in their relationship. And that doesn't mean just doing everything for your partner or no, it's about about boundaries. It's about talking about things and, you know, getting really clear on what the expectations are both ways. Right. So I just want to put that out there, but going back to your question, because I think it's a really good one you know, it's one of those things, it's one of those adages too. It's easier to create new habits than to change bad ones. <laughs> so well, sure. I love my yeah. bad habits. Like it's kind of, they feel not warm and cozy and they're really annoying, but please don't take them my away. Bad, but my bad <laughs> habits are like sometimes the best part of me. I was like, that's what makes me who I am, you know? So we don't want to change all the things. Like it's okay to have your, your, quirks and things that make you, you, I'm not trying to take anything away, but for those new entrepreneurs, I think this is an opportunity. Like if you're listening to your podcast, then they're, they're already ahead of the curve. Right. Cause when I think about, even when I started my business 10 years ago, they're just, I think there was one podcast and I used to listen to it. Um, and it was such a new thing in like I, I don't know. I just found it somewhere and it was, it, it was a marketing podcast. Now I can't remember. I know who the people are, but I just can't remember the name. I'm with but, you. For me, it was being boss was the one that changed my world where I was like, Oh, I'm an entrepreneur. I didn't even know that I was an entrepreneur, you know, like I didn't even, cause I'd never considered it. We don't have entrepreneurs over here in my family, at least, you know, so everyone is academic. I had an academic career. And an entrepreneur over here, which is so interesting when I talk to people in Luxembourg and in France, an entrepreneur, if you take it, 
traditionally it's a building company it's someone who builds houses you know so more like um an estate builder so when i say i'm an entrepreneur people Im immediately imagine me you know having a company that builds houses and flats and things like that <laughs> versus having small businesses or just you know being all these different things that we are as entrepreneurs right. so yeah podcast awesome stuff like they can change yeah. your life for sure anyway sorry i'm, I'm no like exactly <laughs> but it is so interesting right like this is the nuance of language that's coming up you know again having sometimes the validation or the clarity we get in having words for things that we previously didn't have yeah. you know back you know when i'm talking about my early career and not understanding you know like subtle misogyny and you know, the <laughs> yes. patriarchy and all yes. of that you know like not getting that and now like oh, okay you know it's a very that's it's a it very uh, awakened view but so if somebody's listening to your podcast, like they're, they have this advantage in that they're learning so much about how to structure things and how to approach things, right? That maybe those of us before, you know, the dark ages, yes, which was just <laughs> having like to set five, it up ten and years ago. And yeah. <laughs> and I created many a bad habit in that process. Um, I have ADHD, so like we're really good at you know, creating some difficulty for ourselves as well. But um, I think, you know, going in and understanding that you really need to have boundaries around like, what is your work structure going to look like? Mm -hmm. And what are your non-negotiables as far as your personal life and your professional life? And that can be hard because there, I know when you're starting out, you know, and especially if you're financially feeling like I really need to be making an income yes. here, um, mm. it can be really hard to say, like, I'm not going to get into that hustle mentality yeah. and trust me. Like I, I'm a, you know, gen Xer type a like Midwest person. who's like, Ooh, it's workaholism. You know, this is great. This, yeah. is what, this shows that you give a shit. Well you, you care about stuff, you know, yes. like that's how you care. And so getting into that, you know, and I loved Gary V and so, you Oh know, my all God. That stuff. Yeah. <laughs> In the beginning, when we all mesmerized, it was like, geez, I know I'm still a little bit mesmerized. Like I, I still love him. I love, I love his straightforwardness. And I do love that because every once in a while when I'm in that, like, you know, not so like when I'm feeling a little low or a little uh, like having somebody like that, you know, just kind of like, yeah, like go get it. And I, I don't know if you swear on this podcast, so I'm trying to be really good. But you totally can though. <laughs> oh, okay. We have, the, I have a bit of a potty mouth. So explicit thing. Oh, okay. on. Totally fine. You go that, for it. That's, that's me and my podcast as well. So I just, you know, had to check, but yeah. So I do love that. But at the same time, you know, there were some messages and me as when I started my business, I had just had my first baby and, you know, I didn't have the bandwidth to like, go, go, go. And he said, you know, the best time to grow your business is 9 PM to 1 AM. And I'm like, yeah. And then your baby wakes up at four yeah. and then you hate everyone. You're bitter, you're grouchy, you're, you know, it's just not sustainable. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I love a good pep talk like that. Cause sometimes I need to get riled up and do the, you know, do what you need to do. And sometimes you do have to do that. Right. Mm -hmm. and, but at the same time, long-term sustainability, it's better to think about, okay, these are my work hours, or this is how I'm generally going to structure it. Right. And so like 95% of the time, if that's your structure, I think those kinds of things can be really saving because you've got to give yourself the downtime. 
Um, and I was just saying right before we got on the call, before we started recording, you know, I ended up having to stay up till 5 a.m. last night because I just changed the name of my podcast and had this relaunch and literally everything on my website broke. Like as yeah. I fixed things, more things broke. It was the most insane night. And we think we're over that, right? At I some know. point we're <laughs> like, we're seasoned. This is like the Guinness stuff. And then you're in it and you're like, how? Oh. <laughs> I know. And this is where, and I've hired people. So it's not like I, know. I don't hire people. And that's people. like even worse. <laughs> you're like, but I mean. But sometimes yeah. you got to step up and do it, right? You got to step the into the trenches. Was, yeah. Yeah. And I thought all weekend, I kept saying, I really should spend one day this weekend on like getting everything ready. I'm like, I just can't do it. Like I, I, I need to have those two days off. And I I used to be able to do like 21 days in a row of work and really keep going. It's also a matter of, I can't, and I don't want to, like, I really don't want to getting me to work on a Friday. Very difficult. Saturday and Sunday, (laughs) forget it. Monday depends, right? (laughs) The other three days, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays, I'm like, okay, fine. You know, You're but... on fire. You're on fire. <laughs> midweek, you are a midweek hustler. And I am a midweek hustler. It's just my flow. <laughs> but it really means it's very, I'm very, very reluctant to work on the other days. But it hasn't exactly. been like that. Like I work holidays. I remember ruining New Year's Eve and Christmas for my family, you know, ruining a beautiful uh, holiday uh, on the Lago Maggiore in Italy in a beautiful villa because I was there hustling. And, you know, just going crazy over the Wi-Fi, you know, and it's just like fucking hell, you know, and we, and if someone is listening and they recognize themselves in it, I mean, we've all been there. It's not judging. It's not shaming. It's just be aware of this. Exactly. You know, exactly. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a proponent of unconventional schedules as well, because not, (laughs) not all of us fit into this you know, like nine to five. Well, first of all, that's why we became entrepreneurs. But I do think like, again, the mindset is I have to be on on all these days and my business never sleeps and, you know, all of those kinds of things. And I'm a proponent. I'm one of those people who I can do like that power working, you know, I could fit 30 hours in three days and then just have, I need that downtime. And again, it doesn't have to look a certain way. And and again, if you're starting out and this is like a side hustle, you have to be really mindful of that as well, because, you know, even your recovery time, you don't get to just take those extra days, right? You probably have to go into your job. exactly (laughs) it. We just had the three-day digital escapade and we were talking about time management because the three people were in different stages. So some did it as a side hustle, some we're going through some person stuff and then some were just like I'm still working trying other things and I don't want to hustle at the time so we did like three like separate kind of ways of hustling but it was very clear if you have a full-time job I was like don't even try to do it after you get home from work because you're exhausted rather take two hours on a Saturday and two hours on a Sunday but that's it not the whole Saturday not the whole Sunday you just aware that it will take a little bit longer and when you're on a holiday you have your days off, that doesn't mean that you should be working on your side hustle during those days. Like really get clear when you will be working, but also be very clear that you'll take some time off. And that was really helpful sometimes to give people permission to do that and to also really make it clear that that is much more productive than, you know, doing a little bit after every evening when you're exhausted, because then you don't get anything really done and you have the feeling you're just stuck. Yeah. And that's a big piece of the mindset. And a lot of what I talk about 
you know, with clients is, um, you know, if you tell yourself, I have a hundred things to do, and then you only do three, you feel like a failure. And so you end, it actually drains you even more. And I think we really underestimate how much, you know, we're draining our energy and kind of bringing ourselves down because of our expectations aren't realistic. Whereas (laughs) if you say to yourself, okay, I have one to three things that I do every day. And that's kind of my philosophy that like one thing, and again, up to three, when you do that and you accomplish them, it builds momentum. There's behavioral momentum there and you feel energized and you're in that flow state and it feels wonderful. And so, and it builds on itself. Then you have energy for the people in your life and for things. And, and yeah, I think it's, again, I understand the draw of, you know, I need to make money or I'm feeling this pressure. And sometimes it's hard when you see people who have quote unquote made it, you know, these you know, the Pat Flynn's or the Amy Porterfield's or other people where they're super uber successful, right? Million dollar businesses, multi-million dollar businesses. And now they're talking about, you know, like, you know, uh, like not working too much and having balance. And it's like, oh, well, it's easy to say that from, you know, the mountaintop (laughs) and I do get it, but I'm telling you, I'm working with, you know, Joe and Jane average business owner And most of us, you know, most people are living kind of like either paycheck to paycheck or they're doing well enough, but there's, it's not like they're, you know, relaxing. So like, I can just relax and never worry about money. No, most people aren't in that position, but the reality is you either take the breaks or your, your body and your life will take them for you. And, you know, whether that's from burnout and getting sick or, um, you know, we do have things, like you said, that one client of yours, like life happens, right? Like relationship problems or, you know, things are going on in your life that kind of make it harder to have that full bandwidth. Things are going to happen. And, you know, there's even research in when they study, like in businesses that, you know, when you have a, an employee who's working 40 hours a week, they don't work 40 <laughs> hours. Like there's, you're taking breaks. People are constantly interrupting you you know, you're in the break room, catching up on your weekend and all of that. And and it's okay to do that because it's going to happen. So you either give yourself those breaks or somehow you're going to find yourself already doing it. Like, oh, wow. I just did two hours on an Instagram, like deep dive spiral. Like, exactly. you know, I, I just had a squirrel moment there. Just a little what bit happened? of a longer lunch or, you know, like just right. get me stare Which, at that email for 15 minutes. You know? it's just exactly. And so it's like, that's fine. I'm not telling you not to, cause I'm like, I love TV. I love to watch TV. So oh, I'm not saying you can't do that, but intentionally choose it. Yes. Choose that you're going to say, Hey, this is what I'm doing with my time and enjoy it as opposed to it, like mindlessly happening. And you didn't even really enjoy it. You're just kind of like in this, like, you know, semi zombie state and you know, you didn't really get rested and you really didn't and you don't feel accomplished. So I think that's kind of those things is like you're saying, be really intentional about how you're setting up your schedule and understand that there's always going to be things like, you know, I have my structure as well, but when I do live speaking events or if I'm hosting events, sometimes it happens on the weekends and that's yeah. fine. Right. And I, but I love that. And I'm choosing that. But exactly. That and I also know that afterwards I need time off like oh, yes. if I know that I'm gonna host an event for three days 
do not talk to me the next week. Like I need serious <laughs> downtime, you know, <laughs> it's just decompressing. And it's really interesting what you said, you know, that you watch TV. I think everyone needs to figure out what they do to decompress. For me, it's exactly the same. Like when I had half an hour break between the four hour teaching sessions, I would watch TV during that half hour because it's what I do to completely zone out and to, yeah, to, to get myself to fresh, clean slate kind of way. Yeah. But I know that for other people, that's like really weird. Like how does this replenish you you know because it's not the same for everyone so it's really interesting what you're saying and also giving people permission to play around with that like even if mm -hmm. uh, you know before people said this is bad for you or you shouldn't do that you know if if it's your jam if it you know helps you to really replenish and go ahead you know like who are we to exactly and I do think you're right though there's a lot of judgment like these are acceptable ways to replenish these yeah. are acceptable hobbies to have and I hear it all the time, you know, because I am a little like Real Housewives is my brain candy and I'm, I'm no longer going to, I don't feel bad about it. I'm not going to apologize. I was exactly. like, look, I've built three businesses. I run my household. I basically yeah. run the world in my view. And so exactly. I'm very successful. I have friends, but I love <laughs> me some TV. So, you know, I really could care less. Right. I, and so if it, and that's the thing, find what works for you. And I do think you have to experiment. And I do think it's about kind of accepting yourself, I think is a huge piece of it. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, I will say as a caveat to that is if you're only having one way to replenish only one coping mechanism, <laughs> Yeah. It stops working. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if you didn't believe me, I'm sure the pandemic proved this to you. I agree. I agree. <laughs> you should do a list of possible replenishment tools, you know, like from watching TV to masturbation to everything, you know, because I think exactly. So I actually do have a downloadable for that that helps people create their own customized list, like nice. things that take one minute, five minutes. And so uh, at the end, we'll share it with your listeners so they can download that. But yeah, like something that takes 15 minutes or an hour, because sometimes when we're in that mode, we're like, oh, I need something. And you, you're not really in that creativity mode to figure it out. But if you can look at something, oh yeah, that's right. I love doing this. You know, mm -hmm. you forget, right? We're all, we're all so inundated and overloaded and overstimulated. So yeah, I, love that. And I'm glad you mentioned masturbation because that is the thing. Like it's all of these things where it's like, no, those aren't acceptable things to talk about or, or to think And orgasms are fantastic stress relief. They're great. So, they're included. I mean, they came included in our body. Let's just make use of it. It's efficient. I mean, you know, exactly. <laughs> you've got it already. It's might as well use it, you know, to make some money. Not in a weird way, you know, but and it's I mean, free. In a legal way. <laughs> but no, it's, I mean, these are things, especially, you know, with women entrepreneurs, it's just like, let's just be honest about these things, you know, like it's just very helpful. Too. Exactly. Exactly. And I think, you know, my background as a therapist, like we talk about everything in therapy. And so, you know, the, although funnily enough, people have a much easier time talking about sex than they do money. And that's still, oh, I'm not true. surprised. Money is like the ultimate, ah, uh, it's such a shame topic. It's so much, there's so much stuff around yes. it. And I think also in a relationship, um, it's very difficult because we tend as entrepreneurs, you tend at some point you realize that you have to work on money mindset, but your partner who might still be a regular Joe might not. And it means that there's going to be some huge discrepancies. So it's um, some way you would have both to do the same work 
with the same motivation, which I find is so difficult because that was one of the main reasons why our marriage stopped working because I couldn't get the support behind my new me, you know, my new person right. with new goals, with a new normal, so to say, of what finances are, of what money is. And it's very difficult to get that in a couple sometimes. So I think it's just a heads up that when you embark on this journey and do this work, communicate a lot about it, you know, because I think that's Absolutely. probably one of the ways that you can thrive as a couple, even if you change. And get support for that because I will tell you, most couples aren't naturally in alignment when it comes to money. It's mm. almost like we seek out our opposite sometimes on, you know, unconsciously. Yeah. But so if you feel like everybody's on the same page with that, that is not true. I can tell you from you I can know, imagine. 14 years of doing therapy with people, it's not true. And even for myself and my husband, I mean, we couldn't be more opposite in so <laughs> many ways. And financially as well. And so we actually did go to couples counseling and it really helped us. And, you know, I mean, obviously I help couples with this, but I always jokingly say to the partners, like, you know, they listen to me because I'm the therapist. Even if you've been saying the same thing for 10 years, it's the same with my husband and me. Like he couldn't hear it from me. He needed to hear it from yes. someone else. And it's something that we have really consciously worked on because we've been together for 24 years and he is, you know, he's a blue collar. He was a UPS driver and he was retired military. And now he's the primary parent, like he's retired and full-time primary parent, but he has like... I would say high need for security is how I call it. And yeah. so he, like the risk that sometimes is required in being an entrepreneur is very, very unsettling hard. for him and very stressful for him. Yeah. And, and for me too, like I couldn't have somebody like with his mindset issues, because I already, you know, we all have our money mindset stuff. Of course. Right? Like money is emotional. I'm great with numbers. I'm fantastic at math. It's the managing of money, the emotional part that's hard mm -hmm. and that I've always had to work on and continue to work on. But I couldn't have his input. I'm like, this is my business, my thing. Yes. I'm responsible. Oh, and totally. I can't, you don't get to have input, right? No. Like there's ways to have the respectful conversation where I include him in things, but there's also an understanding there's of- There's a container, yeah. Yeah, here's the boundary of that. And that was a big piece for us in shifting how we communicated about money and, you know, and it helped him manage his stress levels and it helped me manage my stress levels. And so it worked for us. Mm -hmm. And so I do encourage people to really- um, to work on that and to go, you know, there are financial therapists. I also have a online, you know, business called couples fix where we help couples with that kind of stuff, but you can find a financial therapist probably in your area or your country or wherever. And, um, I think it's well worth the investment. I don't in think it honesty. exists in tiny Luxembourg because we're so behind in all of these things, but <laughs> we can do well, there are online, online people. That, exactly. That is the that's that's what I was just going to say. We have this new online world now and looking at it. Um, so that's my next question. All these people who are like, okay, this really strong note with me. Where can they reach you best? Yes. So the best place to reach me is, well, it just, I just had my name changed. So it always feel, I feel like I'm in this weird um, limbo where my podcast was called my biz bestie. It's now called the easily distracted entrepreneur, because again, I'm working on the emotional side of business and I help, especially people who have neurodiversity, although you don't have to be ADHD. I have people that work with me 
you know, some people don't even know they have it, but in this world, we're just con our, our attention is being drawn in a million directions. And so like, how do you, how do you stay centered in that? And like I said, make sustainable practices so that you can grow your business in a profitable way. So, um, I would say go to amberholly.com and, um, like I was saying earlier, if you go to amberholly.com forward slash Christine, they can get the downloadable. It's called um, Coping Mechanisms for When Life is a Shit Show. <laughs> and, and it's customized. I give some suggestions, but it's customizable. So you can go and download that to help you kind of take care of yourself, you know, when inevitably these things happen. So yeah. that's the best place. But also couplesfix.com if okay. if you're more interested in getting information about working on issues that are coming up between you and your partner perfect so we will include all of those things in the show notes in case you guys don't didn't catch them so you go to christinemeansbusiness.com forward slash blog and you will find all the interviews including ambers so go ahead and there in the show notes you can click and you're there. So I'm super grateful for this conversation. I think it's something that we need to hear. We need to be reminded of or we need to be made aware of. Um, and then it's up to us to do the work. I mean, it's this is just raising awareness, really. And we've learned our lessons, still learning, you know, but it's it's yes. really wonderful to, I love exchanging these, these conversations with people, you know, where we've been in the trenches for a little bit and just See how it's changed in dark ages, internet land, which happens like in a couple of years. It's crazy. Yes. I'm very, very grateful, Amber. Thank you so much for having taken the time today to share your wisdom with us. And um, yeah, I'm for you guys. We'll be back in, uh, well, actually, yes, this is going to be in September. We're in, in summer right now. So I'm going to take a break over August and then we'll be back in September. So you'll probably hear it then. And then we'll be back bi-weekly. So thank you, everyone. And thank you, Amber, for being here today. Bye, everyone. All right. And here is what I usually forget at the end of every episode. So first off, thank you so much for listening and taking the time to tune in. We really, really, really appreciate it. Now, don't forget that I've written a book with everything you need to know about growing and building a business online. It's called We Mean Business, the practical guide for creative entrepreneurs, coaches and small businesses to build your brand and grow your business online. You can find it on Amazon, but also in other online bookstores and on my website. Also, please make sure that if you want to stalk me, you follow me on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube or Twitter or Pinterest or TikTok. And if there was anything in this episode that you learned, that you found entertaining, that made you giggle, then I would be over the moon if you'd left us a five-star rating. These ratings go a long way for more people to tune in and make sure that you follow the podcast as well to share the love and to have more people find it. Thank you so much and we'll see you in two weeks time for a new episode.